Lucas Stone is a sales and leasing agent at ICM Properties. In this episode, we learn what it takes to be a great salesman, dive into the elevator pitch, as well as many different tips and tricks on how to retain clients long-term. We also discuss the process of getting a broker's license and go through from start to finish on how to lease an apartment. Lucas also gives some very valuable life advice, so make sure to stick around to the end of the episode. Thank you for driving out the road to real estate and enjoy the show. Lucas Stone, thank you for joining the podcast. How are you doing today? Good, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. No problem. I really enjoyed your presentation. You spoke at uh, Raw Epsilon a few weeks ago, and uh, I think we all we all learned a lot at the at the meeting. So, if you want to dive into your early interest in real estate, yeah. So, um, I was a, a University of Illinois. Um, I am a University of Illinois alumni, so I graduated in 2020. Um, my father is actually in real estate, so he. Um, He's a managing broker. He has his own com- uh, company called Stone Realty. Um, that kind of got me um, my interest level um, at, at an early age, but I didn't, really didn't start getting into real estate until my junior year of college. Um, at the time, I was living in a uh, role in realty building, which is like a big uh, student housing university or student housing organization down at uh, Illinois. And then from there, um, I was going in to pay rent one day and I basically dropped off the check and I asked the, the front desk guy at Roland if they were hiring. Um, they interviewed me. They hired me for a basically just like a front desk role and like a leasing agent. So I started showing some Roland apartments. Um, it was actually a really good time because I was in college and I was working to find college students apartments. So like great socializing. It was just kind of fun to see the market and stuff like that. So um, that was like the entry level that got me into it. And then when I was um, that summer, I interned for ICM Properties, um, met with my manager, Seth Kramer, had a really good uh, interview with him, really liked him. Um, he ended up hiring me as an intern that summer. So I was a intern slash leasing agent at ICM that summer. Had a pretty good summer, but I, you know, I, at the time I, I was an intern um, and I wasn't as focused as um I am now, I would say. So um, fast forwarding to the next school year, I started to take um, everything a little more seriously. I started to look for jobs and um, I wanted to better my, my resume just for in the real estate industry. So I got a job at um, a, an off-campus uh, firm called Fairlawn. Um, I know some of the Roe Epsilon members um, have heard about that and some of them have some interests. Um, it's a very fast growing company. And actually, I just learned this when I was talking to you guys last week. Um, they're trying to move to Chicago now. So when I was there, it was a little bit smaller, um, still growing, but it sounds like they're really starting to grow. Um, I was also a leasing agent for them, but I also did some um, analyst work. So I was looking at different deals and I've seen, you know, what's a good buy and what's not a good buy and seeing the numbers behind that. So that really started to get me um, excited and motivated in real estate. Um, moving forward, um, I got a second job down in Champaign, just at State Farm, working insurance. Um, 
quickly realized I didn't love insurance, but I did love the sales aspect of it because uh, I was just cold calling people. And I did like, I'm um, just like the motivation behind the, um, the eat what you kill type mindset. Um, so that kind of made me realize that insurance isn't the right uh, industry for me, but I did want to be in sales. So I combined that sales mentality with my passion for real estate. And I decided to reach back out to my manager, Seth at ICM. And he hired me full time um, at ICM in 2020. So that's kind of my what happens um, in my earlier years in college, and what kind of sparked my interest in my my uh, my career path down down in real estate. And so, when you first got your job uh, with Roland, what was the process of getting your uh, broker bro- excuse me broker's license, or did you not need a broker's license to lease at Roland? Yeah, so at the time I didn't have my broker's license. Um, and so it, it, I first got there, I was a leasing agent um, and you, I think you eventually I did need my leasing license, which is actually can go along with your broker's license. So if you get your broker's license, it actually counts as both the leasing license and the broker's license. Um, so I started to get motivated to get that. So when I was a, um, a senior, um, that's when I first started to get my, or started to take the classes for my broker's license. Um, I was balancing that with working for Fairlawn at the time and taking full-time classes at U of I. So definitely took me a while. So um, my advice to like young college kids who are interested in getting their broker's license is to like definitely start early. Um, Me working full-time now um, as like a, someone who graduated, I definitely don't have the time to be studying for my broker's license. So I was very fortunate that I did take the time during my college days to get that. Um, it's like 75 hours of uh, pre of studying. Um, and then you have like a 15 hour online course. And then once you get that certificate for passing all those hours and you are eligible for the test and you need to pass the state form the state test and then the national test. So I think it took me two tries to, to pass. Uh, I think the best studying for me was just going and taking the test and realizing like where I stand, what I need to know, what I need to work on. And then that second time I went in a little more confident and I did pass. And then from there, um, officially had my broker's license. So pretty exciting. And were you uh, involved in Row Epsilon uh, during college? The real estate Yes. Class? So um, I joined my junior year, um, started going to the weekly meetings, um, really learned a lot from the speakers. I remember I went on a couple of field trips. Uh, we went to like the McDonald's headquarters corporation in West Loop. Um, that was just really cool seeing like a development. I, I just, I remember just a lot of different speakers really standing out to me and kind of motivated me. And I went on a couple of those dinners, even though it wasn't the exact word. I just, I got invited to some of them and, um, yeah, I just kind of saw, you know, some mentor type of people that were coming and talking to me and that really motivated me, inspired me. And I also learned just like a ton from that. So Row Epsilon was definitely a huge, you know, gateway into the, the real estate world for me. And how was the interview process at ICM when you first, or when you were about to apply for a full-time job, the interview process there? Mm-hmm. So the interview that originally got me in was actually the internship interview. Um, I was kind of in the same boat as I'm sure a lot of college students are, where I was just interviewing like crazy and very stressful time for sure. Um, but I actually came into um, the ICM interview. It was like my fourth or fifth interview of the day. 
I was exhausted. I, I didn't really know what to expect at ICM. I just kind of got the interview and took it. And then I interviewed with my manager, Seth Kramer, who I've already mentioned. And he's this big 6'4", bald, intimidating, you know, tough guy. Um, and he, he really, like, in a way, kind of grilled me in the, in the interview. Um, he told me a lot of stuff that I wasn't doing great towards the end of the interview. Um, he mentioned he really liked me and liked my personality, but he kind of mentioned like the different interview tactics that I didn't really um, do a great job on. And I'm thinking like, all right, this is, this is a wrap. I'm not getting this job. But then he ended the interview off by saying, um, look, I like you. You've got some things to work on, but I, I think you have potential. I want you to follow up with me with an email and tell me why you think you'd be a good fit and why I should hire you. And so I went home just being like, wow, like, I have never been in an interview like that. I've never met a, a guy like that. And I, I want to work for him. So I went home, took about um, a couple hours to just draft up a paragraph to him. He told me like, I don't want a novel. I just want a quick paragraph. Why you'd be a good fit for us and why I should hire you. Wrote this whole spiel for him. Um, send it through. And a couple of days later, I heard back that he invited me onto the team. So um, that's when I started. And then after when I came back full-time 2020, I had to get an internship year in 2019 with him and he invited me back without like a second round interview as a full-time gig. So yeah, that was, that was how it all started. And how was your first few months working at ICM, uh, starting leasing? How did, how did you get the ball rolling there? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I kind of spoke about this in my presentation, you guys, um, my experience and just every, any, any job that I've worked at, it's, it's tough at first. I mean, I've worked in all, sorts of different jobs. When I was a freshman, I worked at Panera and Champagne on Green Street. I worked at the finish line in downtown or in uh, the Champagne Mall um, off campus. Um, then I started working for Roland's, um, Fairlawn, ICM. I, had, I got a little part-time gig right now that I do in the slow season as like a bartender slash waiter. Um, so any job that I've ever been in, it's been very uncomfortable at first. I think that's just something that like you got to accept any job you're going to come into. Um, it's not easy coming to a job, not knowing like what to do, not knowing the people. Um, a lot of times you come into a job, there's already like a culture and everyone's kind of friends with each other, knows each other. And you kind of come in as like that new person. And it can be kind of awkward at first. Um, so I definitely struggled you know, for the first couple of weeks and months, just learning the leasing game, getting comfortable and all that. But um, as I started to um, learn from some mentors in the office, Seth being one of them, just a couple of like the, uh, the agents who had some longevity in the office, they helped me. Um, and then you just get more confident. And then, um, you know, as that started happening, I started to realize like, this is a very good fit for me. I'm just a very competitive person. And um, this is a very competitive industry. And I love the quick pace of the job. I love the ability to like make your own schedule, to meet clients. A lot of the clients I'm dealing with are kids my age. So um, having a lot of fun while I'm working is like really a good perk to this job. And um, in 2020, I came in, it was obviously a year of COVID. So he hired me in like, literally April. So that's right when COVID hit and the whole market and industry was just in a different place than it's been before. Uh, we actually couldn't show apartments like in person during that time because we weren't allowed to go into apartments because of COVID. So we had to figure out how to um, improvise. Uh, we started 
texting tenants to send us videos to the apartments and we were offering them a certain concession off their rents if they were nice enough to provide that. Um, so that was like a very weird time because I'm sending these clients I'm working with like videos. I'm saying, if you want the place, you got to sign the place without seeing it. We call it a site unseen rental. Um, and people obviously didn't love that idea. It was a new thing in the industry, but they really had no choice because it wasn't just our company doing that. It was companies around the whole country, not letting people get to our apartments. So um, that taught me a lot about selling because, you know, how much does a person have to trust you to rent an apartment, put a down payment, put a security deposit on a place they haven't seen. They got to really, you got to really build rapport with them over the phone. You got to even maybe FaceTime them, let them know you're a real person. You're not just trying to scam them because there obviously were a lot of scams going on at that time. So uh, definitely learned a lot about sales during that part of this, during that part of my time here. Um, I became the, the top agent in the company during that 2020. So I leased about 80 to 85 apartments. I started to just get really comfortable with the market, really comfortable with the process of moving people in and cold calling people, understanding what's a good lead, what's a bad lead. Um, so yeah, that was, that was definitely a good year for me. So. Uh, yeah. So as you, as you were just talking about, uh, talking about sales, how, what's a good way to build trust with uh, tenants and yeah. Yeah. So I would say um, it is, the, the phone call at first is kind of like the first step in. Um, so just having like, you know, a good enthusiastic, you know, tone during that sales call. You, you, you hear me? Sorry, I think my thing went out. Yeah, so um, yeah, and just building, building that rapport with people, um, going extra mile is a big thing that I talked about to you guys in the presentation. Um, so like what I do, you know, going extra mile examples of that is, um, showing people, you know, maybe three or four apartments opposed to one, you know, obviously that takes a lot more time out of, out of your day, but it gives people, you know, a couple of different comparisons of what to look at. Um, obviously you're spending more time with them. So, I mean, when you're on these, these, these tours, it's most of it's business, but then you can also mix in some personal conversations, you know, ask them where they're coming from, where they go to college, stuff like that. Um, and just try to, you know, make, make them like you and trust you as a salesman. Um, that's something I've been pretty good at. I still have a lot of work to do and a lot of, a lot of improvement and growth that needs to happen. But um, just me being like a 24-year-old living in Chicago, um, a lot of the kids who are renting, or a lot of the people who are renting are like, you know, post-grad kids my age. Um, got a lot in common. I'm from, you know, the North Shore area. So I just... I have a big network of people going to U of I as well. So a uh, lot to talk about. So I'd say the big thing to answer your question, just like report and um, just trying to, you know, build that with people as quick as possible. I thought some, something really cool you said at the uh, presentation was uh, you had an idea of how to, uh, for, for the holiday season, how to connect with the tenants, uh, if you want to talk about that. Yeah. So um, what I spoke about at that presentation is, um, moving someone in is the successful first dates, whereas retaining them as a tenant, a long-term tenant is the successful marriage. So, I mean, we all know, you know, first dates can go well, but they can, all, they can go downhill pretty quickly after that. Um, and so using that example in the real estate game, uh, once you move someone in, how do you, you know, 
keep them around and let them know like, Hey, I'm, I'm still an agent. I'm still a broker. I just want to like, let you know, um, you know, if you want to move to keep, continue to use me, but you know, there's a fine line where you're not like being too pushy and needy with them, but also, you know, let them know and keep in touch and keep that report built. So um, I think a common thing to do in, the, in today is, you know, the, the e-gift cards, electronic gift cards, um, that's a great thing. It's easy. It's quick. It's, 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 it's like a great way to keep in touch, but I'm trying to go the extra mile in a different way. I'm trying to really stand out. So the thing I talked to you guys about is, um, my mother has this really good spice she uses in her kitchen. Um, it's called gateway to the North. It goes good on all types of food. It's, I got like three or four of them in my, in my cabinets that I use on all my dinners that I, that I cook. Um, so and it's just like a great housewarming gift. Everyone can use a nice spice for their for their kitchen. Um, so I, I'm in the midst of planning this and I got a couple weeks to do so, but I'm um, looking through my list of tenants that I've rented to and I'm handpicking the ones who I really think I, I, I built good report with and the ones who I think would be good, you know, long-term tenants to keep in touch with. And I'm um, buying this spice in bulk, get it pretty cheap. And um just doing a little holiday card, have my business card on there and then have a little note on the spice that says like, I hope I spice up your apartment and just something like cute and funny like that. Um, and I'm planning to go around to each uh, apartment, drive around the city and um, manually, like, you know, basically give it to them face to face, shoot them a quick text, hey, I'm in the area. Um, if you're home, I'd love to come give you a little holiday card and um, that's, that's old school. You know, we don't do a lot of face-to-face -face stuff, especially in this pandemic day where everything's virtual, but I think that old school customer service is a different type of way to connect to someone, whether they think it's weird or not, or they love it either way, they're going to remember it. And I think that's really what I'm going for with this whole project. Yeah. I think the best thing is that they're definitely going to remember you, uh, because obviously no one else really does that. And even if they like it or not, they'll always remember Lucas Stone gave me the uh, gateway to the North Spice, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, one, of, one of the girls in the in the presentation said, like, every time they use that spice, you know, they're going to see your little, your little card on there. So, um, you know, it, that that's almost like a residual type of or like way to remember me. So I think that's a really good way to, to go about that. So I wanted to uh, backtrack a little bit. And uh, during your presentation, you uh, talked a lot about a lot about uh, elevator pitch and it's very important in sales if you want to go through that. Yeah. So um, I actually started my, uh, my presentation with a little elevator pitch about myself. Um, I'll run through that really quickly, but um, so I came in, I said, Hey guys, my name is Lucas Stone. I'm coming on behalf of ICM properties to uh, present to you guys. Um, I'm coming down here for a couple different reasons. One, um, I want to talk to you guys and connect with you guys. Um, I'm a younger, I'm probably one of the younger speakers you guys have brought down here being 24 years old. And um, I think that's a great way for me to kind of relate to you guys and connect with you guys on a level that you guys maybe aren't used to when you know some of these older, more veteran type of real estate people come down here. Uh, secondly, I'm coming down here to present ICM properties, both as an, uh, an intern slash job opportunity, as well as a just to get our name out here and let you guys know um, if you guys ever moved to Chicago that we are one of the best property management companies in the city. 
Um, so that was, that was my quick elevator pitch. And I want to go over, you know, kind of that dissect what I said and why I said it um, and how this can relate to, to people listening to this. Um, so everyone who's at college is without knowing it, whether they know it or not, has used an elevator pitch, whether it's at a career fair, whether it's at a networking event, whether it's meeting, you know, a potential partner, a first date, a friend, someone you just met in the elevator. Um, it's important that, um, you know, you kind of get your point across quick and who you are. Uh, there's a study that shows that people form a first impression on you within the first 30 to 90 seconds. So um, pressure's on to kind of, you know, say what you want to say quickly, especially in a, these elevator pitches where it's um, an opportunity to get a job like a career fair or an internship possibility. So um, you want to obviously say your name, obviously say, you know, um, what you're doing. And, but uh, the most important thing is to leave the elevator pitch with um, some sort of um, conclusion. So, I mean, if you go over what I said, I said who I am, I said where I'm from, but it really closed off with like why I'm here. You know, I'm here on behalf of ICM Properties to connect with you guys, to teach you guys a little about the leasing industry, but also a job opportunity or a place to live down the line for you guys. Um, because, you know, whatever your elevator pitch is, when you go to the career fair and you give your, you know, 30 to 90 second spiel, if you don't have a close to it, why did you just give it? Are you just talking to talk? Are you trying to get an opportunity out of it? That's how you want to close it. So um, my, my boss and mentor, Seth, um, he used to work on Wall Street in New York, and he got a job on Wall Street while he was in an elevator and he talked to a guy and he basically sold himself in a 90 second you know, elevator ride. And he ended up getting a job on Wall Street because of that. So he's put me on the whole elevator speech game um, for like on a personal level, I've gotten good at it. But from a business standpoint, when I go on, on showings with ICM, we have a whole elevator speech that we give. Um, what makes us so good? What makes um, living with ICM so important? You know, we got a maintenance team of, you know, 30, 40 guys who work for us full time. You know, we got online portals, stuff like that. It's just a whole elevator pitch that, you know, we conclude our showings with that, you know, has a very successful closing ratio because it, it closes people essentially and why um, we're a great company to, to move in with. Yeah, it's definitely something great to know uh, within sales. But I kind of want to talk a little bit more about ICM mm -hmm. on what they do. Because um, I know they're a managing and uh, leasing company. So if you want to talk a little more about what they do. Yeah. So what makes ICM unique is we um, there's three facets of real estate under one roof. Um, there's the ownership aspects, there's the management aspect, and there's the sales aspect. Um, so I'm particular in the, in the sales department, um, but there is the ownership and the, the property management side of it. And that's unique because a lot of these real estate firms... Um, they may own, they obviously do the sales, but a lot of them don't manage. Uh, they bring in like a third party management company. That's the, the property management term that people hear about. It's like a third party management company who's hired on behalf of the ownership to come in and manage the whole company. Um, so at ICM, we do all three. So even though I'm just like a, a sales rep for the team, I'm in the office. I'm close to our maintenance team. I got a great relationship with our maintenance manager, Rich, who's phenomenal. Um, 
So I see that whole side of it. I, I actually, me and the sales team are in the office. We actually are responsible to answer phone calls a lot of the times. So we see, you know, the behind the scenes um, work of what goes on. And I think a lot of people in real estate see, you know, the beauty of it. They see the, the ability to own buildings, to earn passive income on the side, but you don't see the behind the scenes work that goes on. And what happens, you know, during that is a lot of complaints, a lot of people saying their fridge isn't working, they got plumbing issues. There's, uh, we've had some pretty bad rainstorms in Chicago recently, a lot of leaks going on, flooding, stuff like that. Um, so that's the whole management side of it. And that's um, the, the stuff that isn't, you know, so beautiful on the surface that a lot of people see in real estate. So um, just me being an ICM for about two and a half years now, you know, I've done really well in the sales aspect. So I've, I've learned that, I've, but I've also learned so much about the, the management side and the ownership side. And um, my owner has been nice enough to take me on like a tour or two of different buildings that he's looking to buy. So that's a whole different type of apartment tour that I'm used to. I'm usually going and people showing them one apartment. I've been on a, I was fortunate enough to be brought along on a, um, uh, a tour of a whole building. So now I'm seeing the, the payroll of the whole the whole building, what it's going for, where, um, you know, we're looking at a lot of different things like, you know, you know, the, the whole structure of the building, you know, the windows, stuff like that. So um, that was a whole different opportunity that, that ICM can offer just because it's, like I said, it's three facets of real estate under one roof, which is pretty uncommon in the, in the, in the, in the industry. Can you take us through um, from start to finish uh, leasing an apartment, how that works? Yeah, so it's a long process. So um, at first, there's obviously. So how do you? How does it all start? It all starts with getting the lead, right? So how do you get a lead? You got to put up some sort of advertisement. So um, ICM runs their own advertisement campaigns, and then uh, a good thing about working for ICM is you actually are funneled leads. So my boss has all these leads that he generates from online ads of his own, and he throws us different agents. Um, different leads at different times. Um, so that's a great way to get leads. But another way is to own, to kind of have your own marketing campaign go on. Um, so I use different advertisements or different platforms such as Zillow, Craigslist, Domu, Apartments.com. Um, you can use, even use like your social media or your network for that. Um, so that's step one. So you got to post the ads. After that, then you get a lead. So someone says, say, Alex, you're looking for an apartment. Um, you'd click on my, my lead on Craigslist or Zillow. Um, I would get an inquiry from you. So then that's up to me to reach out. However I want to do that, either call you or email you or whatever I want to do. And then from there, that's when I screen you. So I'd ask you different questions to see like what your moving date is, what your budget is, you know, how many, how many roommates you got coming, you got any pets, you know, um, I usually mention that we screen on credit and income. Um, you got to be careful with these words because you can violate uh, fair housing laws if you if you phrase these these questions a certain way. So that's where the training comes in, and Seth's done a great job of training not only myself but all the agents in the office and like how to ask these questions. And then from there, um, that's when you either think it's a good lead. If you do, and you're going to go show the apartments that you think would be good fits, or you don't. Um, so that's everything that leads up. And then that's when you get in the showing with someone. So after that happens, if you like the apartment, 
Um, now I got to get you to apply. And after you apply, then we get the lease out to you. And now I got to follow up with you, make sure you understand the lease, make sure you're reading it properly, make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. And then from there, if you decide to sign, then the deal's over. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, so it, it, it doesn't, if, if you start to get good at it, you can kind of get through all this stuff pretty quickly. But um, like I said, when I first started, it did take me a little bit to understand how to go about this process in a quick and timely manner. And so obviously you, uh, you leased the most, correct me if I'm wrong, you leased the most uh, apartments in ICM history, correct? Yeah, so in 2020, I leased about 80. And then I came into 2021, just kind of understanding the game, understanding the market a little better. Um, it was it was a unique year because during COVID, a lot of apartments end up going vacant throughout the year. So um, usually the busy season at ICM is like the summer months, but um, it started to get a little bit busier um, during like the February and March timeline. So I kind of came in just you know, ready to go. We had the inventory. I was motivated. And so I came in and this past year, I leased 209 apartments. So um, that is the record for most apartments leased in ICM history. Um, it's a company that's been around since 1955. So it's been a pretty long time. I think the record was broke. Or the record of 205 was made in like 2008 or 2009. Um, and I, just currently broke the record with 209 apartments. So I beat about, about four or five apartments. So um, a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours, a lot of, you know, sacrificing weekends during, during the summer. A lot of my friends were going out, but I was just busy all day showing apartments and following up with people and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it was a great year for me. So I'm very, I'm very proud of uh, what happens here. Yeah, something something I hear from a lot of uh, successful people in the real estate world is uh, they had to sacrifice a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, like like you said, while people were going out, you were uh, leasing apartments, you were contacting ten potential tenants. So I think that's something that's very important. But I was wondering if you had any uh, inkling of being either a buyer rep or a seller rep uh, for sales of real estate in the future. Yeah, so um, ICM, we... It's it's interesting because it's almost like we're we're on the sell we're like represent seller so obviously I I represent ICM so I I'm representing um, my owner and I'm the ICM side and we have the listing so we we have you know given any summer anywhere from like maybe five to six hundred apartments in the market throughout the summer months so me and the agents in our office are actually like representing those listings so you can consider us like the listing agent, so to speak. Um, that's a huge advantage in real estate um, because if you become a broker, I mean, you want to build yourself up to become the selling agent. It's easier because if they're selling that house and someone buys it, you're getting that commission cut no matter what. Whereas is if you represent the buyer, that buyer's not guaranteed to find the right place. It could go on a lot longer and you got to show him or her, you know, maybe five, 10, 15 different places where opposed as the seller, they're coming to you. So um, it's, I didn't really realize this as an intern, but now that, you know, I have friends in the brokerage game, um, I'm realizing the big advantage of working at ICM is being, you know, the representation of the selling aspect of it, because I have, the, we have the listings. 
Um, whereas, you know, I have friends who just work for different brokerages like at properties or, you know, Coldwell Banker or stuff like that. They got to go find buyers. And how do you find buyers? You got to, you got to just market yourself. So um, you got to like hit up your friends, you got to hit up your family members and you got to be like, Hey, I can represent you. And then there's always the opportunity that they, they can be using you and you can show them a couple places, but they can even go around you anytime. So that's the, the issue with representing buyers only is, um, it's, it's, you could argue it's more work. You could argue there's more risk to them going around you, but as the seller, it's like, you want this place you had to use me, you know? So that's, that's one thing I've realized at ICM and um, that's like a huge advantage and perk to working here. So to kind of cap off every episode, I usually ask uh, if there was one piece of advice or as many as you have uh, to your 18 year old self from what you know now, what would it be? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, both from a personal and professional standpoint, I mean, I'm sure this can connect with some college kids, um, but I went in, I did the whole, you know, Greek life, all that. I was actually um, a basketball player in high school. I had dreams of uh, playing college basketball. I had some opportunity to play some like division three to some like smaller division three schools but that ended up um, falling through. And so I kind of, I was, I was always very motivated individual who was, always like in, you know just basketball is kind of like my path and that was like always where I was um, just like focused on so I had like that focus or purpose so to speak um, but when I went to college and I kind of lost that purpose and I was kind of like you know a regular college student didn't know what I want to major in didn't know what I want to do um, I think I definitely fell down that path of just kind of like going with the flow and following the crowd so to speak um, you know having fun partying and all that's great but um, definitely like, you know, something that you can get sucked into in college, especially champagne. <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, my advice would be on a personal level to not be afraid to go like, you know, a different route than most people are. Um, sometimes found the crowd can be a blessing in disguise or like a blessing or a curse at the same time. Uh, for me, I always did better when I had like a goal and a purpose and, you know, a passion. And I didn't find that until like my junior year when I found real estate. So those first couple of years at college, freshman, sophomore year, um, it was fun. I had a great time. Don't get me wrong, but it was definitely you know, a struggle on a deeper type of level. So I'll say to just like stay focused and don't let like the peer pressure and stuff like that get to you. Um, and it still does at my age, you know, I'm still around, you know, the whole, you know, party scene and stuff like that. But uh, my big success this year came, you know, as I really started to, you know, focus on myself and um, not let distractions get to me. I mean, during my, my record breaking year, I was living at home. COVID was still kind of going on. So it was a little easier for me to like not get sucked into the distractions as much. But I mean, I think I got to credit a lot of my success to like just disciplining myself on a, you know, on a pretty deep level. So Oh, I completely, I completely agree. Uh, discipline in that sense is extremely important. Um, if you look at every single successful, uh, very successful like business owner person, mm -hmm. uh, you see they definitely did not follow the crowd, which is uh, oh. very key. And I kind of see that in my life. You know, um, I 
one thing I like doing is getting up early in the morning and obviously I need a lot of sleep. So I get to bed around like 10, 11 o'clock. And when all my buddies are like going out, like going to bed at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And that's kind of hard. But, you know, I think getting up early in the morning and getting your day started uh, before everybody else is extremely important because you get those few hours before everybody else starts waking up that you're ahead of the game already, which is kind of what you said. And also like, if there's ever a day you have something important the next day and all your buddies are going out and you're like, you have to make the discipline decision to say, Hey, like I got to stay in tonight. Like I'm going to bed early, which I think is very important too. So. Yeah. That's just like, that's sacrifice. That's all it is. And like, like I, I definitely don't get me wrong during this, this year that I had you know great success. I definitely had times where I went out and, you know, had fun with my friends, stayed out late, whatever. And how cons- it was so consistent, like the, the repercussions to those actions affected my work every single time. Like, like the way I was on showings, like, like what, what made me so successful this year was my ability to connect with people. When I'm hungover, there's no connection, right? When I'm tired, there's no connection. But opposed to where I'm like getting sleep and I practice different stuff like meditation and some practices like that, just to like discipline myself. When I'm focused on that and like staying on that path, the connection with people is day and night opposed to when I'm like kind of off my game, so to speak. And yeah, like you said, like, don't be afraid not to follow the crowd. Um, like, I think like what you're doing, this whole podcast thing is like, it's so cool. It's great. I love that. I salute, I salute, like have a lot of respect and I salute to you. Um, like I actually have a cousin who's been doing, who's, he was like, I think like 19 years old. He's at Indiana and he's been doing some podcasts recently and his podcast is more centered around like emotional, like intelligence or like, I mean, he's, he's a guy talking about this. A lot of guys aren't, you know, open to talk about like their feelings, stuff like that. And he's been getting like unbelievable feedback about like guys reaching out to him that he thought would never, you know, open up and talk about their emotions and saying like, Hey man, like I'm going through what you're going through. So like, he's not following the crowd, you know, and he's like getting all this feedback from people who are following the crowd who are like respecting him. So like, even those people who are following the crowd, they almost also respect like someone who's like, you know, the black sheep type, who's not, you know, just going in and doing whatever else is doing. There's something really cool and inspiring about that. So. Yeah, it's very important. Um, I, I wanted, I was wondering uh, for anybody listening who is interested in ICM, uh, what's the process of, uh, trying to take an interview or learning more about the company? Yeah, I mean, I found them on LinkedIn. Um, you could always go to our website and um, there's like an like apply now button you can click. Um, you could also feel free to reach out to me. I mean, I'm a, a UIUC alum, so I'm more than happy to help any, um, any, any alumni students. So um, you can always reach out to Alex and get my contact information and I can put you directly in touch with, with Seth, our sales manager and the guy who conducts interviews. And I'm sure um, coming from me, he'll be more than happy to uh, uh, be open to the introduction and go from there. Cool. Well, thank you. Uh, we'll end the podcast right there. Uh, if you, if there's any way to, uh, for people to find you on LinkedIn, how is that possible? Yeah. Uh, just Lucas Stone, L-U-C-A-S, then Stone spelled how it sounds. Um, so yeah, I, it should be, it's under ICM and I, I like my job, instru- uh, my job descriptions under ICM. 
Um, so you should be able to find me, no problem. So that's a good way to, to reach out to me if you need it. Cool. All right. Thanks, Lucas. Uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it.